breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now you're on Highland Radio or back via podcast. This is your weekly GA Roundup and it was a busy weekend indeed. Uh, our county leagues, our county football leagues were back in action. Later on the show we're going to hear from Neve Connell, Starwood, Shoss of McKelvey of course. And Neve Connell man and they are the champs of the league at the minute defending their title. Uh, we're also going to hear from Irish News journalist Cahar O'Keen uh, on the weekend's GA action and of course the uh, impasse at the minute between the GA and the GPA and of course the possibility of Armagh overturning the three suspensions from that game in the Donald Park, the final league game against uh, Donegal. Now also in action at the weekend was our under 20 hurlers and footballers. Uh, Paul Burns, the under 20 manager, they came up short against Mayo in their championship game and we hear from him now. Disappointing day for Donegal today um, coming down to Mayo. Uh, very disappointed in fairness now. Mayo is excellent and you can't take it away from them. Far better than us on the day just. And what did you make of Mayo today? Uh, they're very strong. Like They are a strong side there. Connell Hessian up front there really killed us there. And there's a number six, I can't remember his name now, but he's very, very good in yeah. the ball too. Like, and he broke up a lot of play for us. But one man for you today who was exceptional, Oshin Marley, a superb performance. What did you make of it? Uh, Oshin's, Oshin's going to do it every day for you. Like, he's a top-class player. He's a brilliant free-taker. He's taking points from anywhere. Like, yeah. And he's very, very good. And will you go back training after this and just kind of reflect on, on today's game? Yeah, that's that's us finished now for the year, unfortunately, so it is. So it's a knockout and that's us now until hopefully we'll gather up again next year. The majority of that team still together. I think we're only losing maybe six or seven players off that team for next year. And we'll gather up and we'll see who else we have to come on from the squad to next year. And looking back on this year alone... To go out in the quarterfinal is always disappointing, but can you hold your heads up high and, and say, you know, we don't we done well enough this year? Yeah, look, from last year they took a very heavy beating against Derry. Like we took Mayo here to five points a day, I think it was at the end of. Mm. It's not bad coming down here, like in the Balnan. So you're always going to get it hard down here against mm. Mayo. They're always a top class side at home, and look, we'll take a positive from it as it says, and we'll we'll build on that from next year. But you closed the gap early in that first half to one point, but Mayo just wouldn't let you back into it. Did you find that for? Yeah, I thought the ref was a bit harsh there, and some of us too. Some of his decisions, his decision making was, I don't know with what game he was watching, but like, we were very happy within the first 10 15 minutes. We brought it back to a point, I think it was, or we were maybe over level and a point. And uh, I thought we were going to kick on, but then just some of the decisions the ref was making it drove me mad too, like, yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just unfortunate. Yeah, thanks for that, Keen McNicholas there. Uh, as I said, our under-20s had a, had a brilliant victory, won 13 to 9 points over an Oshin McConville, managed Armagh, setting up a fascinating encounter with our neighbours, Tyrone and Celtic Park, this Friday night. And after the match, Tom Kobach caught up with team captain, Kieran Tobin. So well, Kieran, congratulations. That's a hard over, I suppose, and that's the most important thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Look, the first round's always maybe, as you said, can be a bit of a hurdle, bit of a hurdle for for teams. And um, look, we're just delighted to get the result and to get over the line today. Yeah, and uh, the first half played very well, played over your skin really, and really dominated. Were you surprised? How easy it was going in the first half? I wouldn't say surprised. Now I just think you know we we're probably we we're well prepared. We we knew what was coming from our man, and I think we probably we, we played ourselves into the game and. We 
got comfortable and I think things there probably went first in the first half maybe not so much in the second half but um, look there's a lot of learning there so um, we'll just have to take it on board now for next Yeah, game. the goal obviously settled you really after 8 minutes it was tentative enough up to that wasn't it? Yeah no, I think scores were definitely light up until that stage and you know the goal came at a, a really good time I think it was the first score of the game so you know it definitely settles us down and, and it's definitely something that it was a good platform for us to build on for the game And you, you had a period of dominance before after it as well and, and didn't put punish enough and then you, you finished very strong yeah, that's, that's definitely something we'll look at. You know, we'll, we'll be able to see that that um, you know when you're on top of it, we have to be taking our scores. There's, there's probably a few things that did go wrong for us, um, but look, um, we're just going to have to really focus in on the things that went wrong. There's a lot of learning, but you know that's what the also championships about. And the quick turnaround now next weekend, so it'll be it'll be good for us to be able to go back, look at the things we've done wrong, and hopefully now we can make right next weekend. One seven to a point up at half time. What was the feeling? You think you had it in the bag? <laughs> no, there's no game ever in the bag at half time. We, you know, we know that for sure. But um, I think we just had to come out in the second half and give the same performance we did in the first. Uh, we probably didn't give it to the same level, but um, look, we're happy enough, and it's about getting results. And thankfully today we came out on the right side. Yeah, um, I came at you in the second half, and from from a team that uh, dominated the first half, yeah, you couldn't get a hand on the ball around the middle of the field at all for the first ten minutes or so in the second. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like um, credit to Armagh, they came out in the second half. They, you know, they really turned on the style. They really put on the pressure, and um, look. That's that's the nature of the competition, and that's what we knew. Armad, they had something in the tank. Maybe they just didn't get they just didn't get out of the blocks the same as us. So um, it was a big challenge for us in the second half, but uh, we probably dealt with it relatively well. Now mm, you turn around though in the last fifteen minutes again. Ah, yeah, yeah. Look, as I said, these are the bigger players, you know, the leaders, as, we, as I talked about to you before. Like the, these leaders are big players for us, and they're going to be big players throughout the championship. And them boys really stepped up there whenever uh, we were against the cost. So it's um, it's, it's massive for us. Yes, and uh, finally, our ladies are playing Meath in the league final on Sunday at Crow Park. We want to get behind our ladies. Big, big game for them. Oshin Kelly, of course, will be previewing that game on the score this Thursday. Uh, wishing them all the best. Now, we turn our attention to the GA news of the week and the weekend. And there's a lot of things happening, of course, particularly the standoff between the GA and the GPA and the fallout, of course, of the Donegal Armagh. Uh, suspensions after that uh, heated exchange at final league game at O'Donnell Park. And joining me now to shoot the breeze, it's uh, Irish News uh, hotshot, Cahar O'Keefe. <laughs> actually, he saved shots. He's actually a goalkeeper, uh, uh, Cahar, is, of course. <laughs> Cahar, how are you, sir? There, there wasn't much saving done there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, had, you, had you got a massive kick-out strategy, had you, Cahar? <clears throat> no, look, my kick-out strategy was to find the nearest cornerback and <laughs> and give and give give it to him and uh, I suppose as the game developed, I enjoyed sort of coming out of the nets this last couple of years, which was great crack. But uh, you didn't you didn't do uh, any any begging, kick a few points, no? No, I didn't get any scores. Uh, I didn't get any scores. I would have been a penalty ticker for a few years. I got the old goal yeah. from the penalty, but um, but no, I didn't get any the big, scores. The big, no play. Back, the big run back. The big run back. Oh, jeez, it, was, it wasn't a run. No, it was, it was more of a point at the full back. <laughs> <laughs> Go you and cover. <laughs> Good man, Just first yesterday um, again. I'm just looking at Kerry Mayo. Um, it, the, the feeling nearly is with Mayo against when when they get to this final game that either they're going to win it by a point if 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 possible or they're going to get hammered. It, you know, people talk about league and different things, but surely this is another uh, scar uh, on Mayo in a final at Crow Park. Ah, it is. I think I think you're exactly right. There, it's not it's not just a, a blank theory like Mayo. 
they tend to be involved in really tight games, but they have taken a couple of they have taken a couple of beatings, and it's just the nature of the way that they play and the players that they have at their disposal. They don't have they don't have the kind of scoring forwards that are just going to tear you up and, and destroy you the way Kerry might. If Kerry click, you know, as they did for for you know only for only for Rory Burton and that's for Mayo in the first half. I mean, it, it could have been really really bad for them. Um, and it's one of those days then when the Partly the structure breaks down for Mayo. There, there are individuals who don't who don't hit the heights that they're capable of. And defensively, they, they were missing two massive players in Oshin Mull and Paddy Dirk. And now whether whether either of them would have been any good to David Clifford. I think we saw Oshin Mull struggled on David Clifford in the league game down in Killarney. Um, Paddy Durkin has had that role in a couple of occasions. If I, if I remember rightly, played the the All-Ireland final against Dublin two years ago at full-back um, though he was carrying an injury that day but he might be somebody they look at for Clifford the next day if if it comes to that but but they're probably just missing a wee bit too much and then they say when, when they're not on it um, Mayo rely on all the energy all intensity they rely on turnovers they rely on the energy of the half-back line they rely on what they're good at and when when it breaks down like that, it can go badly wrong. But I, I wouldn't read, I wouldn't read all that much into it. When they play the way Mayo play, you're going to have bad days, and I think they're long enough in the tooth to to park a bad day and not be overly concerned by it. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, anybody. Gary, last time I was talking, you mentioned you highlighted about the me and you were chatting about the you know you need to get the twenty points, you know at least you know. See, the, yep. listen, Kerry nearly had 30 yesterday, but Mayo, of course, that 13-point thing, it's just not good enough. And, and listen, I agree with you about the league and that. I just think that if, if Mayo were playing Kerry now, uh, or whoever, in, in a semi-final, right, um, no matter who they play in the semi-final, I think they're more comfortable. You know, there just seems to be, the fact that that was a final yesterday again here, it just feels that that, that surely is going to leave them doubts again in the back of minds that were obviously still pretty big. And th- this is another example of it. I, th- I think they'd be well aware of their own flaws um, in the sense of that, you know, you look back at their scoring rate in the big games over the last, not just in, in recent years, but going right back to when, when James Horn kind of came in the first time, um, their their scoring rate's not enormous. They put emphasis on getting to the twenty point mark, you know, in in those games against Dublin. They, they never quite they never quite could get there, and you know it often left them. You know, whatever they got to, they were always left a point short. And I suppose there was a lot of focus on that. The thing about the thing about Mayo and the way that they play is that oftentimes they'll not let the opposition get to twenty points either. And they do it in such a way where, you know, they've they've produced the best without question. They have produced the best one to one defenders in the country over the last seven or eight years. Uh, I think on the whole, you would you would put them above Dublin in that regard, and having so many really really good, you know, when you when you lose the like of Colin Boyle and Keith Higgins and those boys, they start to drift off the scene, and then you're able to bring in Paddy Gohora and Oshin Mullen and. You're, you know, you can call on Lee Keegan as a man marker now at this stage of his career. You know, they have one-to-one defenders that other teams don't have and it has allowed them to just, you know, had they had the forward line they had and not had the defenders they had, 
they'd probably be playing Division Two football. Yeah, you know, and that, that's the that's the reality of it for them. You know, they got well, they get two points out of out of Michael Plunkett yesterday, a point each out of Ruan and, and Jordan Flynn in the middle of the field, and so much of their punch comes from deep, and it always has, and it and it will. It's a great strength of theirs, but they're just if a game gets into a shootout the way it did yesterday. I mean, they're not going to want to shoot it. Not, yeah, not, not against that Kerry team. And of course, and I don't want to get in, of course, we're talking about Bayo. <laughs> I don't want to get in from Kerry. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, listen, Kerry, they're, they're, they're already by far, I think, uh, lined up as favourites for the championship. And listen, good, good luck to the team that stops them. Kerry, just on your 20 point thing there, you know, the, the Galway Ross Common game, like a lot of people kind of thought Galway, obviously the rest of the players and they would do them in the final. But hey, is there a wee bit of, I, I don't know, backbone coming into the Rossi say they managed to, to get across the line and beat their neighbours by a point and uh, yeah, big victory for them. Well, funny, I'm not going to be claiming to be, to be wise after the fact because I did tip, I did tip Galway to, to sneak it but I, I'd actually watched the, I'd actually watched the full of the Galway-Ross-Common game from last week and even though Galway were down players, there were certain things in certain areas of the pitch, particularly Ross-Common's good work on Galway's kick-out which carried on into the game yesterday, that, that sort of led you to believe that, you know, Roscommon are definitely in with a serious shout here. Um, and, and I never felt that, that Galway were, were just going to throw on a pile of men and, and walk away. Look, Roscommon have as good a record against Galway over the last six or seven years as Galway have against Roscommon. Um, you know, Roscommon have won two Connacht titles as well in that time and, and beaten Galway in Connacht finals. So, you know, I suppose they are where they are. I, th- I think that Roscommon have been probably consistent in being the eighth, ninth, tenth best team in the country over the last five or six years. That's exactly where they're at. Yeah. Um, they have never been able to push on. M- maybe again, maybe just lacking the the one to one players at the back that could afford them. Even though they've some cracking players in defence. Just when they leave themselves that wee bit exposed, they struggle then to, to keep out the big scores, and uh, and it sort of undermines a forward line that has enormous potential. You know, you look at the players in their forward line: Kieran Murda at ten, and the Smith at eleven, Connor Cox, Donny Smith, Keen McEwen only come on yesterday. Like, you know, there's there's loads in that Ross Common team. They'll they will be a game for for anybody. They just don't seem to have. Whether it's a belief or whether they just don't have the quality and defence to cope with the big games in Croke Park yeah. when it opens up. Um, but they, they, they there's kind a couple of inclusions there, Cahar. It's been it's been tough, tough watch because you know in Connacht, as you said in particular, you know it, 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 by and large doesn't seem to happen. As you said, Croke Park, everything changes there. You know the game becomes. As, you, as you're saying rightly, it's, it's a scoring game, you know, not a defensive game. Like in, we've seen that now. That's, I, I think with some of these sides, you know, you, you got to maybe just you have to go for the scoring element of it more, more than anything. You can't out defend anymore. It's something that teams were out defend the other teams. That's all changed. You know, I suppose looking across, we always have a wee eye on on Louth. We, we Mickey Hart there, who say one division three. Good luck to them up, and of course our. Our our, uh, our own Ulster man Cavan finally got off the got off the canvas as the man says uh, and and going back up the t- table just a one point victory and I'll tell you what Tipperary tough team to beat Kerr when they when in the big games they can they can raise it like I I thought that was going to be on a knife edge and so so it proved as well one point victory for Cavan taking them back up into Division Three it'll make an interesting Division Three from from an Ulster perspective next season. 
It, it will. Um, obviously, Tipperary have lost a, a few big players over the last wee while as well, and I suppose particularly Michael Quinlivan stands out as, as not being there, and it, it has weakened their resources. Um, young Paddy Lynch gave a sort of a masterclass at times at, at full forward for for Kevin. But actually, you mentioned you mentioned the the scoring and the and the sort of not being a defensive game. But I think in the right circumstances, and you look at Louth and Limerick, like Louth were Louth were. I suppose you looked at them if they'd put on their own jerseys and were playing under Mickey Hart, you would have said, you know, they protected the middle of their goal so, so well. Played, you know, played a Limerick side that had been really cutting teams and bits, creating goal scoring chances all over the shop. And and Louth probably tactically got it absolutely spot on at the weekend, to be fair to Mickey Hart and and Horst. Like they, 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 you know, they they outthought Limerick really on on Saturday. And, And that goes to, that goes to Kerry, and it's just where, where, where I would still have the question mark over Kerry. Obviously, we're seeing them play in a particular style of football, and obviously, Paddy Talley's getting a lot of credit, and, and rightly so, for for the defensive end of, of what they're doing. Um, they're keeping out the goals, which is a massive thing for them, particularly when you look at how you know they had struggled, I suppose, in, in defence. But do they have the one-to-one defenders in a big game as well you know if somebody draws them into an open game um, do, do Kerry have that still or you know Jason Foley is at a brilliant league Tag Morley is at a brilliant league sitting right in front of him but if you know if somebody is, is shrewd enough to say right let's let's get a real good forward and put him on Morley make Morley mark him and then Morley can't go and sit do you know are Kerry good enough individually? Then because there's still question marks. Like I, like the game yesterday was so open, and so, so many of the league games have been so open. And Kerry are racking up massive big scores. Um, but but again, I watched the whole of 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 Kerry throwing back last weekend. I know when people say dead rubber for Kerry and and different things, and they nothing. Look, the, the second half of that game was was thick enough. Um, Kerry were fairly strong out, didn't want to get beaten Killarney, don't lose in Killarney too often to anybody, at least of all to Tyrone. Their last five attacks, they turned the ball over four times in front of the goal and Tyrone squeezed the middle of the goal. Kerry aren't good at playing through the tight spaces. They're still not good at playing through the tight spaces and these are the things that are going to be asked of them in Crow Park later in the year. And There'll be smarter teams, there'll be good teams who are sitting studying them and watching them and saying, look, you know, we clam up the middle of the goal here. We make this ugly. Are Kerry good enough to play through us? Are they are they shrewd enough? And and then, you know, if they overcommit, we can hurt them on the break because are there one to one defenders? You know, they're the they, they look like the all Ireland favourites. They are the all Ireland favourites. But I would certainly not be buying the idea that this is a one horse race or the Kerry are going to walk in all Ireland. Yeah. You you're right, Carl. You just get the feeling in the sticky game. Has, has Kerry got the answers for that? I think they have the ability just to destroy everybody. But when they're, they're pulled, pulled into a dogfight, we're not sure yet if that's in them. So They've lost the dogfights they've been in. That's what I'm saying. Know, that's that, aye, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Doesn't, we're not sure if, if they've learned for that or they can come through them because certain teams have put it up to them then and it, you, you just wonder about that. But interesting stuff, of course, Gary. Yeah, you just mentioned Gary not wanting to lose to Tyrone. I could hear the dairy man in you there. Like, no, you don't want to lose to <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to ever lose to Tyrone. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, before we get in, I suppose we're going to be looking forward to the championship now shortly. It's going to be kicking off, of course, um, 
to ruin themselves and, and uh, for man and preliminary round. But, Gary, of course, we're still dealing with the fallout of that last league game um, at O'Donnell Park. And I just wonder, Gary, as you, as you understand it now, what is the situation with, uh, was there going to be an, uh, an objection uh, from Armagh against the, the three suspensions that they received? As far as I'm aware, that's, that's the plan for Armagh. They're going to appeal the, the three suspensions, yep. Yeah. And tell me, Gary, you know, uh, the the what what the the ref cited them on you know um, inciting a melee or being involved in a melee or <laughs> part of a melee. How do you disprove that with video evidence? You literally didn't need to have those three iron mag guys just standing there watching. If they're in there at all, is there? How do you disprove that? It seems like a a case that seems to be very difficult to disprove. And on top of that, Cara, I just want to know: Does this open Armagh up to possible um, video evidence against other players? Is that possible, or is it just? the three lads it'll be that they'll be looking at? Well, in terms of disproving at first, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's very, very difficult to disprove because they have been cited, as far as I'm aware, for, for involvement in a melee, all right. And that, that leaves it that you basically have to disprove that they were there. Um and if they're in there at all, as you say, then then you're in trouble. It's 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 gonna be a hard case for them to win. I think we saw with the the Tyrone Armagh um, bans all being upheld um, how difficult a case it's going to be and I'd be surprised if any of the three Armagh players get off and that's not that's not me saying that they're guilty at all because I I still believe there's a well there's a massive inconsistency for sure in terms of how these things are are officiated and look they're they're ugly wee scrimmages they're they're harmless enough you know that that seemed a fairly harmless encounter in, in Letterkenny, and you know I just wonder had it happened in the middle of the game. A what the referee looked at, what the referee looked at there, would he have sent five players off for that? I don't think he would have. But because it happens after the game, and he doesn't have to show any red cards. They're advised, as far as I'm aware, they're advised not to show red cards after the game. Um, so then you're into putting it in a report where, where nobody has suffered any punishment during the game, but then you have five fellas getting suspended out of it. And like I, I don't believe for a second that the punishment is fitting the crime on this one. I think it, you know, if anybody struck in there, I think the, the headlock thing, there's definitely an issue over. I, I didn't see, you know even really any of that in the row. It's maybe hard to see. Maybe we didn't get the full picture, but there's certainly no indication that it was a full-on battle match in there. Yeah, I, I um, spoke to a couple of people since, Car. Me and you had a, a talk last week for, for your article, Flyers News, and I spoke to a couple of people since, and they were on about that the, the players that were involved there got suspended. That kicked off right in front of the ref and the linesmen as, as they'd come together, and the umpires were coming in. So they seen that. But just out of fairness, Car. If you're picking that out of that situation, and you know you've 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 five lads there, you know training as hard as anybody, looking forward to the championship, and you know all the balls that that's bringing with it in terms of, um, you know, it, it, this and that's what you love for the championship, a massive game. So to pick those guys out, you know, you just can't see how the fairness is there. And I think, if, listen, speaking it from an Armagh perspective, if you look at it, how you handicap the teams, the fact that you took three from Armagh and two from Donegal, it just seems crazy. And I know if we look back to 
I suppose what else has happened to the the Tyrone Armagh Millie earlier in the year? I mean, we were a bit shocked at the time about about the red cards, and that all went to obviously more against uh, uh, Tyrone than than Armagh. But I just think with that's a league game, and you know you're maybe setting down a marker in it. But the fact that you're taking guys out of Championship now for a pushing and pulling game, it mm. just seems so harsh. And then it's 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 more, I suppose, Gary, the fact that. You single out certain people when we, we've seen the evidence sense of different players throwing, you know, punches. They might be full on punches in that car, but they're certainly more in a headlock. And the fact then that because the ref's seen what he's seen, he's decided to pick those guys out. There doesn't seem to be any sense to it, you know. No, there, there, there's a real lack of consistency. And, you know, it sort of was pointed out. And I, I think I tweeted the video the other day of the Kerry Dublin League game. And look, again, harmless stuff. I, I wouldn't be for a second calling for people to be punished for this. A um, couple of yellow cards, it's nonsense. But it seems like the rules on this occasion with the Donegal Armagh incident, the rules seem to be different because this has happened after the final whistle. And that's, that's the bit that I'm struggling to get my head around. Is, is that, you know, had that incident happened a minute earlier when the game was still in play, would he have sent five players off? He wouldn't have. There wasn't five red cards in that incident. But because it's after the game, you're cited for contributing to MLE. And it's, it's just, uh, there's a massive inconsistency in how these incidents are, are being dealt with across the board. At least, to be fair to David Goff, he sent, he sent five players off. Yeah. And, there were re- and there were red cards that were upheld. You know, at least he, he stood over it and, and said that there were five incidents I saw that were red cards, rightly or wrong. I didn't think there were five red cards in that row either, but, mm. but, but at least he showed the red cards and it was, and it was easier to defend from a refereeing point of view. Like I just, I would just, it, I, would, I, it be, I, would it be how the refs are under pressure here? Uh, they've obviously got directive here, stamp this out and it's, it's going to come down as hard as ever. You know, there must be, I mean, I know you said the, Dublin Kerry, you know, why wasn't it there? But of course, we've different refs doing different things. But, you know, there seems to be definitely a directive that this needs to be stamped out. That's it. And, but I just feel sorry for again that there's certain individuals in that pay the cost for that. It's, well, it's hard for me to say if there's a, there's, a, there's a directive, but there definitely seems to be a focus on it um, in terms of, of these suspensions. And the fact that, you know, five players are going to miss a high profile, a very high profile championship game that was, you know, that was bubbling up just beautifully. Um, and I think it'll be a, an awful lot of eyes on, on Bal Buffet that afternoon. And it is a pity for the, for the players on both sides. Um, look, if, if somebody had done something, if there was a box thrown in there, if somebody's been cited for striking, then you've no sympathy for them. If somebody has done something, that is properly dangerous to opponent, a bad headlock or a, a, a whatever it might be, then look, you've no sympathy for them. Yeah. But but in what I have seen in that video footage, what, what everybody has seen, there there's not an awful pile in that for five uh, years. Just, just before we, we clo- close that subject off, let's say now Armagh are successful, right? We don't know how that's going to happen. Let's say they are, right? You could have a scenario now where Donegal obviously take their two suspensions, Armagh, let's say they get their guys off and then that would lead to an, an unbelievable amount of question marks about what is going on in terms of uh, discipline in the GA. 
Totally, but the, I suppose that's that's the decision for for the two counties to make. Armagh know that by by taking appeals, they're potentially um, they're potentially opening the door to to video evidence being reviewed and different things. Equally, Donegal know that by not taking appeals, they're they're I mean they're they're accepting that they don't have those players for for that day. And as well, if, if Armagh's players get off, and Donegal, Donegal don't really have much of a case to look at it and say, well, what's going on here? Because they had, the, <laughs> they had their own opportunity to take their own appeals. But uh, I can understand why why they maybe didn't. And I know particularly the way he's playing or McFadden Ferry is a, is a big loss to Donegal. Um, not having Neil McGee's presence or, or, or the ability to, to throw him in even um, to a game if, if needed. Um, could be a loss in, in some flat, respects. Yeah, if the game's a bit flat, we could throw him in now, Kai. Okay? He'll certainly get the <laughs> <laughs> So believe, I believe I believe he got the cloud going right uh, uh, and Leonard Kenny last week. <laughs> yeah, he, he, did. <laughs> he was like the pantomime villain coming in. Hey, Kai, good man. Remains to be seen what happens uh, out of this. Uh, do, you, do you know when the hearing is, by any chance, Kai? No dates that I am aware of as yet. Obviously, right. with the with the game been a few weeks away, it could be any time in before that. Sound, sound good, good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Cara, just uh, another. I was looking to get your views on the on the the standoff at the minute between the the GA and the GPA. Um, what what what's your reading into the to, to the situation? And there, there was to be talks and and, and things to be sorted out, but it's 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 still rumbling on. It's still rumbling on. It could it could rumble for a wee while yet. I think the the GA are going to stand their ground. Um, on the on the cap at, at four sessions a week, paying mileage to thirty two players at sixty five cent a mile, which you know to me is perfectly reasonable. You know, I I, I think obviously there there are different opinions and, and people on different sides of this, but like I I'd, I'd be fully on the GA side on this. Okay, and, just just to just to tell everybody at home, pre COVID, um, there wasn't any cap. Entering. Yeah. So there was no, the county no, board funded the ball with a bit of help from Crow Park. And then during COVID, there was a there was a minimum amount of sessions allowed. And now the GA are looking to, to put a, a regular cap on it that it is four sessions a week at that 65% of mile. And this is where the uh, the breakdown is. The, the guts of it's happening now. There is some counties saying that they're also owed, owed some back expenses in that as well. Is that kind of where the main the cru- crux of the situation is? Well, the, the the crux of the argument is around the cap on the on the training sessions. Um, the GPA are sort of pushing a, what they're calling a contact hours agreement with the with the GPA where they agree to a certain number of sessions at certain different times of the year and, and based around the, the, the science of it. Um, I think that four sessions a week it's easy for, for me to say this maybe but like I think anybody looking from the outside would, would say that four sessions a week for amateur players is plenty when you consider that the GPA were the co-authors they co, uh, co-opted the the uh, ESRI report a few years ago and the outcome of that was that the inter-county players were spending an average of 31 hours a week Playing Gaelic football as amateurs, and that's nearly that's nearly the hours again of another full time job mm. on top of their work or on top of their studies, whatever they're doing. Thirty percent of of the GPA's membership are students. Um, that's an enormous time commitment. That's that, and for amateur players, it's it's ridiculous. And look, you know, and I know a lot of the stuff players drive. You know, they want to do more. They're obsessed by it. They they they're always pushing the boundaries. And and sometimes managers get a bad rap for. 
for driving this thing when the players are so mad keen to compete and, and find out what we can do better and what we can do more of. And But sometimes you need to see it from yourself as well. And sometimes the people that can't commit that time need protected as well. You know, so you, you, have a, you have county players who can't commit seven days of the week to play in county football. So you have to leave them behind. Yeah. And and some of the best footballers in the country are getting left behind. They're they're playing for their clubs because they don't have the time or the commitment to to play county football at that level. And I think for the good of the game, you know, the, the four four sessions a week is a very fair middle ground for me. Like you're not saying look, train Tuesday and Thursday there, lads, play a game on a Sunday away on you go. The yeah. four four a week is 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 very fair. And the GPA I, I have an issue with the GPA in terms of they talk about player welfare and they talk about, you know, wanting, wanting to help the players. Like, f- from what I see, what they do is they, they, they encourage more. They, they, they back the players and pushing the boundaries and, and doing all this. And then what they want is the GPA, or sorry, the GAA to foot the bill and pay the expenses for them doing more. Yeah. And, and like, you would think if it was a player welfare argument, they would be, you know, I can't understand, or you can't understand the point, but you would think looking at the GPA, why are they not standing full square centre behind the GA trying to limit the contact errors, trying to limit, cut down the errors that players are having to commit to an amateur game? Why are you not trying to level that off and make that a maximum of four sessions a week for every county in Ireland? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Why, why are you opposing we're, that? We're all GA people and everybody listening to this show, this show is GA people. We can understand why everybody's kind of in the same agreement around. We want the best for our county players. We don't want them out of pocket, but we ought to have sense over the time frame that they have. I think the GPA now, by by their message coming out very poorly, Cahar, it's leaving the, the vacuum open that they're getting attacked by most people because it just looks like they're looking for money all the time. Like the, You're right, Cahar, it doesn't seem this thing that there should be no reason why these issues are, are they get to stage where now they're like, oh, we're not going to talk to media or we're not going to send people... Which is a nonsense. The, yeah. the, media, the, yeah. the media thing's a nonsense because right. it's, not harm, it's not harming anybody. That's weird. Like it it does, doesn't matter. You just, as you said, you find a way around it. You talk. You end up having to talk to ex-players like me when, uh, when you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> or, or you end up having to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, Gary, do you know what's funny? I'm just... You, you mentioned the Esri report. There's reports out there usually about the cost, like what the, what it can cost you to play football. And some of it is crazy. And you're kind of, how does that work? And, of course... Figures are flying about everywhere, but people just want to see a bit of fairness there. And listen, there's no bottomless pit as we've seen when COVID hit in the GEA, care. Uh, so we got to get, you know, a, a balance in that. But this thing of just digging your heels in, you know, you need, I suppose you need better, uh, better discussion around it. Like I reached out to Donegal GPA rep to see that he want to give it a word. It was funny. I wouldn't know the lad that well. So I contacted another Donegal player that I did know. So he texted him and it didn't really get a response. And then he, I texted him this morning. He says, any word from your And He goes, he can't avoid a bit training yesterday. So I don't think <laughs> I was getting a laugh. No, no, I, I totally understand a guy not wanting to go on because he's getting ready for championship. I just didn't know. Yes. Had the GPA detailed the, the reps to maybe speak on their behalf? Because I think not speaking, Car, is the worst thing in the world because it's certainly leaving it open for people to kind of make up their own mind, but they're just looking this and that. And it's, that's, that's a bad thing. You know, we, it's sometimes, I guess, Car, listen, and some people are the best will in the world have a wee bit of an issue with county players, you know, and if they think that, listen, you're, you're pushing their organization, 
backing it in. It doesn't come off well, but that's because I don't think the GPA are communicating what they're doing properly. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, listen, Karen, I'm, I'm both sides here. I was on the GPA, obviously, from the very start and, 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 and wanted, I suppose, players to be probably looked after, but not to a point where you're causing handlings and, and pushing people uh, the wrong way. There needs to be a balance always, uh, Karen. I suppose that's where we need to get to. They're 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 missing the balance at the minute, and obviously some of the some of the some of the things are are reasonable. Like and like I'm I'm not a great fan to be honest, I, and I can see that I'm I'm in a very small minority, and and I can understand the the argument. But th- this idea that players are out of pocket to play, I, they are. You know, if if you're not getting your expenses or your mileage or whatever, you're out of pocket to play. But but Jesus, every club player in Ireland's out of pocket to play football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know uh, that is the va- the reality. And then they, they come to the argument: the GPA come well. Look, we make the millions. We fill Crow Park. We make the fortune. Look, I hate to pick out any counties, but you show me the Division Four and the Division Three counties that are filling stadiums. Yeah, but they're still getting their expenses at the same rate as Division One counties. Maybe are filling stadiums. And then you look at the like of like I've made the example recently in, in, in recent weeks of Kilcoon, like some of their fellas were were repeatedly driving from Kilcoon, the foot of the Moore Mountains, to the Glenshean Pass beside me here to Ollie Commons, two hours each way to do conditioning sessions with Ollie Commons. Yeah. Like nobody's paying their mileage. Yeah. And so like where do you draw the line? Mm. And I just think that you know, we, we have got lost in this argument of we make the millions, so we deserve all this m- money back. And and then you can understand, like, I can understand pe- people sometimes would say, I, I begrudge the players, and I don't. But but I just think that there are a lot of fellas out there putting an enormous time to club football. Yeah. And they don't, you don't, you, you know, you wouldn't even dream of looking a for point. a penny. It's a fair point. A fair point. I always remember me, me, my cousin Michael Dowdy, Contabert man. He was saying, you know, yeah. I coach Contabert. That's that's on me. He says if I go ten mile up the road and coach somebody in Armagh, I get uh, twenty twenty grand a year, <laughs> whatever. And listen, that that is the way the, the way it is. But you're you're right. That's just the the nature of the game out there. And I think yeah, the game that balance, car. Uh, I just think it's coming off bad on the GPA because the players aren't really responsible for this, you know. But the GPA have a mic now. They have a power behind them, but it's, I guess if they, they have a, they have a mic on, that they're turning, they have a mic that they're turning away. That's the thing. That's, you're, that's you said there the the, the the strategy of not talking uh, is a is a dreadful strategy. It's a bit of honest, toys out the pram stuff, you know. It's kind of like well, you know, it's it, it's such a, a, a stupid default session around. That's what I'm saying, Car. That leaves it open then to everybody going. You know what are these guys are they? They're going to say here. Will not play. Remember <laughs> that was. Remember years ago there was this thing about uh, down and tools and all this here, and it just created such a bad atmosphere towards the GPA and ultimately the players a bit as well. Then, the, the, you know, there's a there's a serious um, a serious issue over how the GPA is viewed. You know, and I've spoken about this before too. Like, you know, they they represent players. The players should be. You know the players should be the best thought of group in the country, yeah. and and in many cases, you know, they are still despite the GPA and not because of them. Like, there's a massive issue over how the GPA is viewed. The, there's a really really negative image around them, and they don't help themselves. You know, sometimes 
you know, they tell the players now not to speak and, and I think that's the wrong strategy in, in this regard. Other times the GPA have put out statements and, you know, some of the public statements they've put out over the last couple of years, you're reading them, you, you know, your eyes are nearly popping out of your head thinking, did they really, really just say that out loud? <laughs> and, you know, you know, so from from that point of view, like they're they're really they're you know they're a toxic brand yeah. in a way, you know, and and that's really unhelpful for the players to be attached to that brand at the minute. I think because they're just they're just not, you know, I, I don't believe that they're representing the GAA very well. Yeah, you know, they they will feel that they are doing fighting every corner, every tooth and nail for players and for expenses and for more of this and more of that. And we look at them, I look at them and think they're fighting for the wrong things. They should be looking to reduce the errors, looking to reduce the demands on players, looking to ensure that, you know, the only people who are able to play county football, a lot of the time they're students and teachers. And, you know, that's the, that's the reality. Yep, yep, You'll get the, like I, I, did a sur- I did a survey last year and like there's only something like, I think there's, I can't remember the figure now, but there's maybe only 14 or 15 tradesmen playing under county football in Ulster. That's right. You know, you, you, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a lifestyle time, time, that anybody Times are changing, Car. Times are changing, yeah. and uh, we're just, uh, we're actually running out of time, Car. I know you're going to uh, actually yeah. interview Sean Quigley there as well, eh? pre, pre-championship. Sorry to keep you back a bit, Car. You're all right. Fantastic uh, stuff there. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, br- brilliant views from, from yourself, eh? and I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you as, uh, as the summer goes on, lad. Good man, thank you, Ren. Appreciate it, Ty. Yep, Carol Kane there, fantastic stuff. Eh? Um, covered a lot of ground there. It's a brilliant interview. Listen, great, great guy to get the views on. Now we look across to our local club scene here, and I'm joined by Neve Connell's Shasif McKillowy. How are you this evening, Shasif? Well, Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Corrish. Yeah, yeah, all good, all good, Brendan. Uh, nice to be back at football fields. Top stuff, top stuff, as as ever. So, so listen, you were a, a Neve Connell stalwart yourself. You played in Boston. You've managed. You've done bits and pieces of media. You like like any Neve Connell man I see see now. Uh, so as if the time put into the club is massive, and I suppose from a Neve Connell perspective, your league champions and Martin Regan again back for for another season. That that is some love affair he's had with the senior team. Yeah, you know, I know, I know, like yourself, played football all my life and everything else, but football seems to have really become a way of life on our side of the county. You know, um, it doesn't seem to matter if you're missing five or ten or even 15. There seems to be another 15 that are ready to go. Like, life seems to be almost revolving around the clubhouse at the, at the club at the minute, and it's, uh, like, it's really good at the press, man. It's really good, a really good, positive vibe all the way through the club at the present minute and things are going very well for Nave Connell. I know I know they probably disappointed at the end of last year, but other than that, you know, they really are going terribly well. Like to be down so many players yesterday and to yet have so many good players on the field, all of who have played really well. Uh, as, as, as great for the club and for the future of the club. Yeah, and people often talk about the centre of the community, Shaz uh, and, and Neve Connell. There's certain clubs then really seem to maybe represent. Like I would have seen it in, in, in Ulster a lot, travelling out with my job and that. There were certain towns you went into and they were marked by their, their Gaelic team. And I suppose that's going to infuse all the young boys coming through national schools and secondary schools. They want to play. They see the what it means to the local area, and I think that's something Neve Connell have really captured. 
Well, they certainly seem to be in that position at the present minute, and they can, and it has really, really developed over the last couple of years. And you must give huge credit, number one, to Martin Regan and to Shanky Smith, who's the chairman of the club and and the previous chairman. I think it just didn't happen overnight. But a huge credit has to go to probably the four the four older lads that are there at the minute: Anthony Thompson, Brendan McDyer, Marty Mc, Marty, and Owen Wade. You know, like they really. You know, they really are taking these fellas on their backs and they're, they're doing things like that, things that I never considered doing when I was playing football. Like they see it as their, their obligation to sell tickets. You know, they're organizing and selling tickets. AJ there is everybody organized to go out this way, go out that way. And it's not the old stalwarts like happens in every other club. It's the players, the players are driving this all the time. And that, that is so unusual. Like I always felt I was a fairly good club man myself. But I never did I ever consider that I would have to sell a ticket. I thought they were fortunate to have you play and never mind be selling tickets for them. And that's not the mentality now, you know. Yeah, they seem to be honest with that. I kind of shied away from the ticket selling myself, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's a horrible yeah, job, yeah, like, yeah. you know, really. And uh, nobody wants to do it, but they are quite happy to do it, you know. Yeah, big draw coming up. Of course, I was coming up to cover the uh, Arma Tyrone game in the league there, and I wasn't expecting to see any Duddy Gall boys, and I pulled in there was Dara Geller. I thought first it was a a double take that did he have a twin or something up up the north but there he was up selling tickets for the for the up and coming draw that's right and Dara's coming down the road he's standing beside me yesterday during the game like he's still coming down the road playing football yeah standing selling tickets everywhere you go I think must be every good GA Gale and Donegal has bought a ticket at this point but the draw is in two weeks and if you haven't if you haven't got your ticket well then you know uh, Donegal or sorry Nate Connell draw.ie you'll get your tickets there yet and the draw is on, on, on Easter Sunday and again we're trying to put lights in the field and there's a lot of development we need to do we need a we probably need a second field going into the future like any any club there's always a way to spend money if you can manage to gather it yeah yeah. listen I've got mine too uh, uh, Shaz if you know I got it walking into Donald Park of all places and I found myself I better stump up here and get a ticket in or there'll be a few words about that to any boy as, as I walked away so <laughs> I'm on be quick Craig of Ice Paul just you mentioned a couple of players there uh, um, playing yesterday I just noted there you know Brendan McDyer you mentioned the Evergreen uh, kicked four points of course and Owen Wade you know you, you, you think of Leo McLoon uh, in that mix of, of you think about the caps that these guys have between them now and you know league champs as I say going in and that's one of the reasons I wanted you on to speak about them but I don't see that with a lot of clubs as you said there this thing of, of continually coming back coming back Obviously, there's there's a real camaraderie between them in terms of listen. They want to keep playing as long as they can because that is where the the, the buzz is in terms of uh, that side of their life. The GA is still a massive part of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose you can say as well that they have the added bonus of being there or thereabouts come the end of the year. Like there's there's the three competitions, only two for some clubs, but we, we, we have a huge respect for the Gilta competition and that's coming to a head shortly in the May weekend, the county finals of that will be played. So there's a huge interest in that. And then there's the league and then there's the championship. And I suppose... Unlike some clubs, Nave Connell will be won't be far away come the end of the day, and maybe it makes it easier to stay involved mm. when there's a possibility of having silverware at the end of it. Brendan, maybe that has uh, something to do with it. It's, it's an important uh, point, I think, too, and particularly as the training goes up. Um, so, if you, you're asking guys to hit the gym and they give up so much of their lives now, if you're in, as you said, in the, in the big fours, we keep talking about, you know that by it, you should be somewhere near to a semi, possibly a final. All eyes is on you, so you know you're going to have to be at your best. Whereas other guys are thinking, listen, 
we might stay in Division 1 we might get a, a beat A team in the Championship or, or possibly go on a run and while that possibly is there it's hard to commit to the same level as, as, as the better teams are and it's, I suppose it's a double-edged sword then you know the lesser they, they go to the, the, the extremes of that training or commitment or, or level of training then the more they're going to fall behind yeah, that's very, very true, and and I've 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 noticed that now in the last number of years, and maybe it's gone on longer, but I find the teams that you know that as you say, and I suppose talking about top fours is disrespectful to some of the rest, but it is it is the it is what's you no know, what's thought on out there the, the top four and the rest, but you know for a lot of the rest it's very difficult because you're going out training in winter months, and really at the end of the day, realistically, what can you achieve? You know, and mm. and like for the, for 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 Anthony Thompson, he can potentially go back to, uh, you know, an, a county final. That can potentially happen for him. But there's a lot of fellas talked out yesterday, and the best that they can hope for is to manage to stay in Division One. Now I'm only talking about Division One as such. You know, mm. they can manage to stay in Division One, and uh, you know, it's it's tough training with no, you know, the carrot. Is that a big enough carrot? I feel we started something. 20 years ago I don't know if you were, you were probably weren't much involved in underage but I was involved in underage at the time and every under 10 every under 12 tournament you went to there would be 10 teams but everybody went home with a medal mm. you know everybody won regardless and I, I don't know if players are as resilient now as, as to just taking a victory in a game or something they have to have some kind of a card at the end of it and there really isn't very many cards you have a league and a championship and a league that a lot of people really don't worry too much about so it's mm. really down to the championship one team can win it and that's it yeah that is it then as was yesterday Terman losing to Bundoran uh, at home kicking their season off Glen Swilly losing to Killy Beggs uh, Jerry uh, Jerry McLaughlin said did you swat it poor our dry your neighbours aside there with a big victory 17 to 8 points um, Clohanili losing up from intermediate to Glen Fun 112 to 6 and Gador surprisingly beaten by, by St Michael's uh, at home uh, just looking I know it's early days in that uh, so we can't read too much in the inning is, is the low score nature you know, you're looking at the county stuff it's all up in high scoring and that the club stuff in Donegal seems to be very defensive first and we're getting like, like really low scores and everybody seems to be about the 10-12 uh, point mark apart from yourselves that, that racked up a big score against our draft yeah yeah you're probably right it's a reflection of the way football has gone Donegal you know protect your lead at first I suppose we can blame our own good club man for that he gets it every day <laughs> Jim gets it the next but you know he started a trend and it's not just in Donegal you'll, you'll find that all over I spent last last uh, last summer or last year about um, Tyrone and uh, you know it was very similar there most mm. teams play with a defensive structure of one kind or another and if you don't now you're, 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 you're not seen to be doing it all that well you know so that is that is the nature of it at the minute in terms of unusual look, friend, yeah. sorry carry on go ahead no I was just going to ask you in those results yesterday has any of them kind of caught your eye you know as I say the, the, the Gador one maybe um, um, losing to St Michael's at home you know new management and Tre- Trevor's gone in there as well it's a, it's a not the start that he would have wished for but to be fair to him, he's only there a week and a half, two weeks, you know, so it's going to take him a little while to bed down. It's going to take him a while to get there, you know. So I wouldn't worry about Aguido at this point, though it is very, very, very unusual that they lose to their neighbours at home. They don't, use their, they don't lose to their neighbours at all, mm. ever. Yeah. But to lose to them at home was, was, was very unusual. Now, having spoken to a few people that were there, they should have scored six or possibly seven goals yeah. and missed every single one of them. So they probably left the result behind them. So... 
again, it'll make for a very interesting game next week when they travel up to Ardra because Ardra didn't really probably start yesterday at all and they'll feel that uh, they beat Gidor last year at home so will they have a chance of beating them this time in Gidor? That'll make for an interesting game. Yeah, certainly some interesting stuff coming up. Uh, when we look forward to see that uh, panning out. Thanks for giving us your views this evening on the deal debate. I'll catch up with you as the summer goes on. Shazza uh, McKelvey there Neve Connellman of course uh, wrapping up the show I want to appreciate uh, I want to thank him for, for his input and of course Cahar O'Kane earlier Kenneth for producing the show Oshin's on with you next week sitting in no better man The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen oh.